with yes, Open One, of course. Uh, this is, I think, our fifth show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited, man. I I, uh, I miss hanging out with you a little bit doing this because Gina and I think we did the last show. Right. So here we go again, you and I. Jeff Skin Wade, the great Jeff Skin Wade, Please. as Mark Followell likes to uh, spit <laughs> out on the broadcast. Of course, I'm Derek Harper, and we're uh, we're open and we're running. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA, wouldn't you say? It's exciting, Hart, because you know, I, I, honestly, like you know, you and I both stay in the basketball cut at all yeah, times, of course. But I feel like this just like popped up right in front mm-hmm. of me, I'm like, oh, we're doing <laughs> trades, and there's yeah. a draft, and yeah, yeah. damn, and yeah. it's it's exciting because. Yeah. I wasn't really thinking about it two weeks ago, and now it's eating all my Same time. Same here. I can I can tell you for sure. I wasn't thinking about it. I see that you know you see the advertising for the draft mm-hmm. and all of the uh, young new prospects that are that are out there. Um, I, I I don't think it's a great draft personally. I don't mm-hmm. know how you feel about it personally, but there are no home runs. I don't think when when I look at the talent. I mean, there's a lot of talk about ball. Um, Edwards mm-hmm. from Georgia, of course, mm-hmm. um, has has drawn a lot of. Uh, a lot of hype, but I just don't think there's anybody in the draft this year that stands out to the point to me that they're going to come in and have an inst- instant um, impact yeah. on on the game itself or for any team as far as that's matters that matters. So I'm anxious to see how uh, how things pan out. Yeah, I am too, Harp. And I think you know, loosely, we can without talking about specific players, we could say, well, they'd like to have another long, athletic wing. Yeah. And, and I think it was pretty evident, although a guy that you're super high on and I am as well, Jalen Brunson, kind of alleviates this. But, you know, you have to have those secondary creators. Yeah. So it's not just Luka all the time. Agreed. And so, uh, and so I think that there's some attention paid there. Yeah. But – Well, you keep in mind, everybody's on the table as far as trades. Yes. Or, except for KP and Luka. Right. From, from what I, I've read and heard. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Wednesday night the draft happens and we don't have uh, a young player. We have a trade with those picks. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that wouldn't surprise me one bit because I think that they look at, and we've talked about this a mm-hmm. lot, they look at Luka as such a immense talent that sort of accelerates everything that yeah. they're like, okay, now we got to get a head around him, a veteran dude yeah. Yeah. for him to really ball out with where you draft a 18 or 19 year old and you're going to wait. Yeah. Yeah. So you're I kinda... wonder if that's what they're thinking about with these picks. You know, it's hard to know. I, I, I don't think, I think one of the most, the toughest things to predict is what the Mavericks are going to do. Right. right? <laughs> they're always kind of, I mean, they do a good job of drafting and things like that, but they you never know right. going into a draft what they're going to do because they're so it's kind of kind of closed to a lot of uh, a lot of us basketball so-called gurus. Um, I, I just think you know there's only a, three ways you can build: you can trade, you can draft, and they're free agents. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wonder if there's a guy out there, skin, if you would, that can kind of be a Luka protector. And I don't mean like Luka needs somebody to protect him, but right. I just mean a, a guy that brings a physicality to the game and that's athletic and kind of like Dorian, mm-hmm. but but uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, but a different kind of Dorian. Dorian right. is kind of a nice guy right. in a lot of ways. He, he's tough, tough-minded, but not going to really get into it with a lot of people. And yeah. I just think that's what this team is missing. They're missing some physicality because I think teams look at the Mavericks – 
And for whatever reason, we've had that reputation for a while as being a soft team, mm-hmm. if you would. I don't, I don't think it ne- it's necessarily true because I, I don't think KP is soft. I know Luke is not. He's a tough guy. And we, you talked about Jalen, and we just talked about uh, Dorian Finney-Smith as well. I just wonder if they can find that guy that can come in and have an impact from a physicality standpoint and make this team, you know, just a little rough around the edges. Just, yeah. just a little a rougher team. I agree with you. And I think, like, there's there's several different ways to look at this. But a lot of people look at someone that, like, gets in somebody's face or does yeah, yeah. it. Like the Pat Not Beverly routine. That. Yeah, right. That's fake. And, and so, and then there's also the idea of the guy that will never back down. Like, if you look at our 2011 team. Yeah. Deshaun, yes. Tyson. Yes, sir. I mean, Jason Kidd was one of the baddest yeah. dudes. Nobody was, wanted to mess with no. Jay Kidd. No, nobody wanted to. Jess, even, even Jeff. Right. Nobody wanted anything to do because he was he would walk up on you. I, you know, when I think about 211, I think about how Jet took the challenge on mm-hmm. of guarding LeBron mm-hmm. and saying to LeBron, you got to guard me too. Right. You know what I mean? I think that kind of stuff is what I'm talking about right. more than, like you're saying, hey, I'm a tough guy. I mean, there are a lot of those guys out there, but I just think that's all this team lacks. And I don't know how you feel about this game, but I don't think the Mavericks need to do a whole lot. And that's just my opinion. I agree. I just they need to just grow with what they have no and add question. to it. There are some quality guys on this team. There are some quality uh, players on the team already. You talked about Brunson. Mm-hmm. I think he was hugely missed Agreed. along with Dwight Powell doing the playoffs against the Clippers when we got to that, uh, got to that, that second round of it. But... You know, just in general, man, I, I, I'm really curious to see what this team is going to look like and whether or not it's going to be that big of an overhaul when it when it comes to the talent and the personnel on this team. When I was looking at the stories this morning, just bouncing around the Internet and stuff, one story that I thought would be beneficial to the Mavericks was that the Greek freak, according to Mark Stein, uh-huh. is zeroing in on on signing that five-year Supermax. Uh-huh. And so this whole idea of, well, we need to wait for the possibility that this great guy may come here. When you sort of eliminate that, uh-huh. then you really zero in on the here and now. Yes. And, and you know, not worrying about what that crazy possibility just could be. Yeah. That yeah. I think in some ways is liberating to a front office. Yeah. You know, and so if if everyone kind of feels that in the NBA, then you cross that off your list and you go, okay, what's next? Where do we because yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that I don't know that what the Mavericks do trade wise will be a blockbuster, mm-hmm. but it'll be you never rock. Know, though. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, did, and like look, we'll, we'll talk about the Chris Paul thing in a second, for example. But I think they'll zero in on specific guys that they can get mm-hmm. that immediately do what you're talking about, mm-hmm. bolster the mentality and yeah. bolster the playmaking and put guys around Luca that he can ride. Yeah, with. I, I I like Harold, mm-hmm. and I, I know that's a conversation that has come up. Um, people have talked about that. Just listening to radio and different different podcasts, things of that nature. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to price himself out of things because he's expecting a big money bag, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, being a free agent. But that's the kind of guy that I'm talking about. Right. A guy that, and he talks a little bit, but he backs it up to yeah. most nights. Those undersized guys that can just flat, don't need plays called for them, that can just flat go out and, and, and have production without – the ball, right? You know, he, he's an effort guy, second, third effort guy, and I, to me, if you can find a guy close to that, even a poor man's version of him, it would be an ideal person because I think when you start talking about Luca, 
and the core of this team, it's in place to me. Yeah. Because the league has become like threes and ones, and we have a lot of personnel like that, you know, and guys that know how to play off of that. I think, you know, you look at Kleber. He knows how to play off of Luka. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And there's a lot of talk about James Harden possibly going to Brooklyn. I did, when you say blockbuster, I just don't know if that works. I don't know if KD, Harden, and uh, Kyrie Irving can coexist. I just don't think that they can. I mean, if I was if I was a guy like like Harden, I would want to come here and play with Luca. Yes, I really would yeah. because Luca is is a distributor. He's right. going to move the basketball. I mean, he tr- he both of those guys their their usage rate. They're one and two, if I'm not mistaken, from last season. But I just feel like if you wanted to play with somebody that's unselfish, that has a great feel for the game, uh, knows how to get out of your way, I think Luka would be the ideal guy. I, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about whether or not Luka is going to be able to draw people mm-hmm. to Dallas, and I think he will. And, I mean, they may be some of his buddies from overseas, but nonetheless, there are a lot of talented guys out there that I think you can fit Luka with. And they do nothing but help him, help him to continue to be great. Yeah, and I, I agree, Harp. And I also look at, like, you know, people always go, well, why wouldn't guys come play with Dirk or whatever? Yeah. And I think a lot of that. nothing to do with Dirk, though. No, no, Just. no. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, if you look at the guys that did want to come play with Dirk, yeah. they're usually, like, smarter veteran play. Like, Kid yeah. handpicked Dirk to win his championship. Mm-hmm. Kid forced his way to Dallas because he said, I can go win a ring with that guy. Yeah. That's, to me, the biggest co-sign on Dirk ever, right? Yeah. A yeah. Hall of Famer point guard who feels like he's at the end of his career and has one last chance to get a championship hitches his wagon to Dirk. Right. And I think the difference like with the younger guys is there's a personality aspect and a, a glitzy pa- aspect. There's a click, too, yes. if you would. Yeah, you and know, Dirk like, you never think, did the click thing. Right. You think about – that's an excellent point that you make, Skin, because you think about Harden, Durant. There's yeah. history. Yes. You know, Kyrie – Durant. Right. There's history. Those guys were on the Olympic team together, and right. they know each other, and they kind of cater to each other. And like you said, that's not Dirk. But I, I'm telling you, man, I, I think less is more sometimes when mm-hmm. you start talking about the Mavericks. I think there are some things in place, and I know you're trying to win a championship, and I know that, you know, as uh, according to most people, the Lakers have an upper hand because of LeBron and Anthony Davis. I just don't know how you strategically – change the makeup of, of the Mavericks basketball team and continue to be successful. I think we, things are in place for this team to be successful moving forward. The number one thing they need, Harp, is they need Porzingis to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, because those two guys growing together, you know, I, I remember, you know, the, the biggest problem in sports fandom and sports talk is people tend to get so close in it they lack the perspective of, well, this is how guys grow. This yeah. is how these things evolve and all that Spurs. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so so when people were like in January of last year, whatever, December, and they're all, oh, the Mavericks can't close out games, all oh, this, that, and the other, I'm like, you <laughs> Which don't is think, the hardest thing in the world to do, I might add. They, oh, they just got to learn to do it. It's yeah. like, because if you're telling me that you don't believe that Luca and Porzingis will be able to close out a game, I'm like, well, where are you going to go yeah. get young players that you know can do that? Yeah. That's not realistic. Yeah, everybody Th- can. Right. To your point. you got to go through it and learn it. And and quite honestly, it's a different level, but it's a high level. Luca was learning it as an 18-year-old overseas. Yeah. He was closing out grown-up games mm-hmm. over there. Absolutely. So it's just part of a process, but everyone's so impatient 
when they have uh, three bad games. Okay, let's blow it up. And tear. It's like that's not yeah. how this thing works. I mean, look at – I'll give you some uh, an example. Look at Russell Westbrook and James Harden mm-hmm. as, a, as a pretty nice tandem. Right. So we think, right? Right. They have a hard time closing out games. Yeah. I mean, you have to have – see, I think people think it's about one guy. You know what I mean? It's, it's on Luka to close out a game. It's always, to me, about making the play, the yeah. right basketball play, not necessarily making the shot. I mean, I always go back to Steve Kerr when, mm-hmm. when, when he was with, with Chicago, how Michael Jordan found him, how Larry Bird found Danny Ainge right. and Dennis Johnson for wide-open shots. When you're the focal point, nine times out of ten, ten – you don't want to be taking the shot. You want to be making the play. Right. And the play is not always to take that last shot. I mean, yeah, I, I just think people, people they, they don't understand the big picture of it when you start talking about basketball because there are little nuances, in my opinion, that, that come into play when it comes to closing out games, being a team that plays well down the stretch of games, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, to your point, that's something that you have to grow to and build on and build on and build on until you're comfortable enough with it that it's second nature to you. Look at, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Chris Paul here. Mm. Look at all the stuff. I mean, I, you can make an argument that Chris Paul is the best point guard of his quote-unquote generation. Uh-huh. Like, if you agree or disagree, you can at least make the argument. Yes. Yeah. And that is a guy that is well into his career has never reached thirty five years, never reached a finals. Thirty five years old. I yeah, think, I mean, uh, and and so, you know, it's not like, oh, you're you're a great player. You just go and do this stuff. Yeah, There's other true. great That's... players working against you, trying to stop yeah. you from doing yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things have to go right, mm-hmm. and you've got to have the ability and the temperament. And the wherewithal to put yourself in the position in the first place yeah. to even have a chance to yeah. do that. In your opinion, the, the Mavericks caught lightning in a bottle in 2011, mm-hmm. right? What was the difference in them winning a championship and coming up short? Um, the, the difference in them winning a championship that particular season? Yes. I think, I, I think there's a lot to it, but I think it was that collective group of guys at that point in their careers and yes. their willingness to sacrifice for one another. That's all I wanted to hear you say yeah. right there because that's what it boils down to. I don't think Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, they're going to be watching each other play mm-hmm. if that comes to fruition. You understand what I'm saying right. in, in Brooklyn? Right. And to your point, Everybody has to play that role, and that's what happened to Dallas. That That's more of a championship team than piling up all the best individual talent, mm-hmm. in my, and that helps. Granted, man, I mean, you think about championship-caliber teams, they're Hall of Fame players on all of those teams. Chicago, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Pistons, all of those teams. The Spurs, when they were winning championships, the Warriors, you can say the same thing for them. But Draymond makes a sacrifice. Yeah, everybody has to make that sacrifice. Right, right. And that's to me is more important. You talk about Chris Paul, who am I love? I really do. I He's like Chris baller. Paul a lot, and I think he deserves a championship. But there's a reason why he hadn't gotten one, mm-hmm. and I think the big reason is what what I'm talking about is that. You know, Blake Griffin, did he sacrifice or not? Did they get enough out of Jordan, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan, when he was there? You know, right. th- those kind of things, man are bigger than they seem when you talk about long-term success and just being a successful team and organization. I I think, too, Harp, like you brought up, I think about those 80s Celtics teams, those 80s Lakers teams, which are just loaded with guys. But that is a different era where 
you went and you dedicated everything to your team and you played, and then the other good stuff came later. Mm-hmm. And then now, and I'm not going to begrudge an athlete for making as much as he can or anything right, like right. that, but there's other things pulling at people. When a guy is 22 years old and he has all these people that don't play for that don't they're his yeah. his management or whatever, and they're talking about building his individual brand and all of these things, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is counter. Which is bigger than people on the outside know. Yeah, you, you know massive. because we're on the inside. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so every message, and I know you had uh, coaches and you received this, every message I've ever received from a coach about being a part of a team mm-hmm. never has anything to do with building your individual brand. Right. Like those things are <laughs> counterintuitive, right? They're going they're, yeah. Those are not related. Yeah. And so if you look at that 2011 team, yeah. who were the guys on that team that were concerned with individual? None, None of them. whatsoever. And I'm not saying you can't, like even you brought up the Golden State Warriors. People go, well, that's a super team. So if you talk to anyone in that organization Organization. Mm-hmm. They will tell you that Steph Curry is as good a person in sports yeah. as you will ever, ever be yeah, around. And I th- also think this, and the Mavericks have this. They have it in Seth. They have it in Jalen. I think these guys, they have it in Tim. Mm-hmm. I think these guys that had dads or uncles that yeah. were in the league yeah. have a different perspective coming mm-hmm. in and understand because yeah. they've been around it and they see it. Yeah. Steph and Seth Curry are great people. They had a dad that was in the league. Yeah. They knew the life. They grew up around absolutely. it and they know what's You're absolutely important. absolutely right. And they do put them, they don't put themselves in front of the big picture. Right. And one of the toughest things, man, to do in the NBA is have players that respect and care enough about their stars that they play for those guys. Right. And that's what happened with, with, with the championship caliber teams. Bill Lambeer was setting screens. And granted, he got his opportunities to shoot jumpers. Dennis Rodman was protecting Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Larry Bird didn't have problems getting the basketball when he was open. Because, you know, Coach Mata used to tell me all the time, he and Pat Rowley, I always catch myself talking about my coaches because I think all of the great coaches – they define the roles of guys, mm-hmm. and they, they they really force those guys to play those roles. Who do you want taking the last shot? Do you want – Jalen can make shots, but do you want the ball in Jalen's hands or Luka's hands? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's different every single night. Jalen can make a play. He's made big-time plays in college. No, it's a different level, but he's had a lot of success as far as winning is concerned. And I always, I always think about guys that – respect the superstar guys. That's that's not to say that you're not ready mm-hmm. to catch and shoot or ready to make that play, but you got to have respect for, for the superstar guys, man. If, and if you have that, you have a better chance of being successful, in my opinion. No, I absolutely agree. And that that's, again, that's part of that eco-structure of whatever the, the team is, mm-hmm. the levels of the guys, everyone buying in. Because it's like this. When you have success, everybody eats. Yeah, yeah. Everybody That's eats. Fact. You know, And so are, are you going to be happy eating good, or do you really mm-hmm. have to eat more? And yeah. so you're going to go to some other situation because you're just dying to eat more when you're well-fed. Uh, and 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 that's how these like fractures start happening and yeah. ego problems and all the stuff and and so you know generally guys that have been in the league a little bit longer yeah. have a better chance of keeping something special together than mm-hmm. young guys that all want theirs. Well, what's your overall take, Skin, um, on the Western Conference in general? You know, because I love yeah. when 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 people are starting now to kind of rate the teams and mm-hmm. where put them in position in the Western Conference. 
and you don't see the Mavericks in five or six. You know, it's always seven or eight, seventh or eighth. Yeah. When it comes to where people place the Mavericks, what your overall thoughts on the Western Conference? So I think that uh, you know, there's obviously still a. We'll see what happens with the Clippers, but you know, you have the Lakers and the Clippers here yeah. on on paper, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know, I personally. I know, and and Denver was just in a Western Conference final, yep. so you got to give them their due. Looked good. They looked really good, yep. but I they think had to get by Utah, who also looked looks good, good. And played without one of their uh, Bogdanovich, one of their um, great offensive scorers, yeah. and he so. changes the floor for them because yeah. you got to cover him, and he's big. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so to me, and I, I'm sure this might sound homerish to people. But the distinction so, uh, <laughs> between the Mavericks and the Nuggets is not that much. Mm-hmm. They have obviously more playoff experience, and uh, they have playoff experience, you know, n- with some failure last year, but being in intense things than what they did this year. And so I think being reasonable, you go, okay, well, they're a little further ahead than the Mavericks. But I just think that the combination of Luka and Porzingis puts them mm-hmm. in, a, in a potentially special place. So now they have to go show that. I think there's going to be people that are going to put Phoenix ahead of the Mavericks now. Be- I don't believe that. Mm. But because they added Chris Paul and they had yeah. that great run in the bubble and et cetera yeah. and et cetera. But Monty I, is a Monty Williams great coach. Absolutely. Really guys to buy into his schemes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, to me, Harp, you know, when we're talking about whatever that next level, and I'm not going to write off Portland yet, although I think they have an uphill battle. Um, I like Portland. I, I do. Mean, anytime if you, you have, have a guy Dame, like Dame right. yeah, and, and, and C.J. McCollum. Yes. But, but uh, I, think, I think that those teams are so close together. Mm-hmm, that's it, what I was going to say. It then comes down to health, and it comes down to guys playing with, you know, buying into their system and yeah. playing for one another. Those are the little things that, that separate that group of teams, in yeah. my opinion. I think the Mavericks should be considered in that group. Well, I, I think they should be considered. I, I just think that it's going to be hit or miss to say who's going to be the best, the top five or six teams in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I really do. And you you touched on something that is the total key, especially for Dallas, when you start talking about KP. If he stays healthy, right. I don't have any doubt. I Me mean, either. you saw what he did in the bubble. I mean, yes. this dude, he made the all-bubble team. Yeah. He was that damn good. He's a beast. He's a beast. He can go. He can get it done. And he was starting to come. He was playing at, a, at, an, all-star caliber, at an all-star level, to be honest with you. But then when I look at, like you talked about, Portland, Denver, Utah, those teams, the one thing about all of those teams, there's a constant to the way they play. And they're going to be there too. So I think I'm really interested in in seeing how things pan out in the West. I mean, big time how it pans out. And what a wild card. So with the trade that Oklahoma City made, you assume they're going to fall out of the playoff picture. They were were good. They were good, but they're rebuilding, and they're committed to that. The Rockets are a crazy wild card. Like, I could see that thing completely unraveling. Now, it depends on— I think on, it has. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> I really do. And, like, and I assume I there's— Harden just turned down $100 million for two years. And, and I assume, Harp, there's some sort of trade coming, and yeah. I don't know what the ripple yeah, effect yeah. of that is. The, uh, it's hard for me to buy in— to what the Spurs have on paper, but I would never yeah. bet against that organization. Right. Um, and so I think that those are three teams that are going the other direction. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't, and, and I think, I don't know what to make of Sacramento. Like there's uh, players they have that I like, but there's something about Sacramento that doesn't, um, doesn't connect. Doesn't uh, get my hair, the hair up on my, yeah, my neck yeah, yeah. or on my back or anything. They just don't. 
And even though they have some new management in place, Joe mm-hmm. Dumars is going to take over mm-hmm. as GM. And he's proven yeah, he at has team building. On, on, on building teams yeah. and, and getting teams out of a tough situation. But I, I, I guess my biggest thing is how, how the Mavericks continue to have to prove themselves. Right. You know, Luca, Porzingis, they're young kids. And, and, and I just think they're in that kind of position where they're never going to exhale, if you will. They're never mm-hmm. going to go, oh, so we, we, we're here. We've arrived as a team, as right. players. They're always going to have that edge. Yeah. Or play with that, 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 that edge, if you would. Because people doubt them. Yeah, because people doubt them. And I think that bodes well for them moving forward for a long, long time as uh, – as as two up and coming stars. If you were to add, you know, I don't want a name of a of a player. I'm not talking about that. But if you were to add a position, a player at a position of this group, what would you want more than anything? A player from from for, for Dallas. An addition, yeah. Like, is it a I, is it a rolling big? Is it a spot up shooter type? Is it a playmaker? You know, I I think spot up shooters you you never turn down. Right. You can always use shooting. Rick Carlisle is bigger than any coach I've ever been around, with the exception of Don Nelson. Maybe that mm-hmm. puts a lot of emphasis on guys being. He wants everybody on the floor to be able to knock down an outside shot. Right. He encourages Dwight Powell, guys that don't have the reputation. How many guys have we? Seen come through here that Rick turns them into spot up stretch threes or stretch four, stretch fives, whatever the case might be. I think about Aminu, like yeah, how hard he worked. Yeah. I mean, they, they worked at it and they, they, they became better at it. Yeah. At, at guys that can knock down shots. But if I had to put, I, I'll go right back to Harold. I, I just think that what he creates, man, is, is contagious. Mm-hmm. The energy that he brings and, and, and puts out on the floor every night. Um, I think he'll feast even more because Luca, as good as he is as a scorer, will make him look better mm-hmm. than say Kawhi and those guys did. Right, right. Because they're they're natural born scorers. Mm-hmm. George, uh, Paul George, he puts his head down, dribble, 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 and looks for a shot. They don't they don't really involve a guy like Harold. And I know we talked about him already, but. I just think somebody of that caliber as a player is what Dallas needs. They need a junkyard dog yeah. kind of a player. Yeah, I agree. Do you uh, did you the Chris Paul going to Phoenix? Mm-hmm. How did that grab your attention? I think it helps Devin Booker. Yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, Devin Booker has been an All Star and an up and coming star, superstar kind of a player. And he, Rubio is not bad, but I think I think. A guy like Chris Paul is an upgrade right. from a guy like Rubio. And right. I, see, Rubio has that laid-back personality, doesn't talk, and is very vocal. Mm-hmm. And point guards have to be. I think not that Devin Booker didn't respect a guy like Rubio because I, I don't think his father played in the league, and he, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier, he has that, that natural teammate respect for, for a guy like, uh, like Devin Booker. But I think Devin Booker will listen and be more engaged when it start when you start talking about a guy like Chris Paul. Chris right. Paul hadn't won a championship, but he's been there and he's done that. He's well respected, yeah. If you would, as a player in the league. I mean, look, hell, look what he did for the Thunder last year. I mm-hmm. think he was the key reason why they were in the playoffs and played so well uh, during the playoffs in the bubble. They they uh, exceeded my expectations, but when that when Chris Paul went there. 
I was saying I don't think I, they're better than Dallas. But no, you no, go no. Ahead. Yeah. But I was saying I would not count any team with Chris Paul on it. I would not count them out. Yeah. And they they played better than I thought they would. Yeah. But I thought that they would be really competitive. Now yeah. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. But they did. You know, Monty Williams is underrated. Yeah. As a coach, because if you look at those guys going undefeated in that bubble situation, right. different circumstances. Now right. we know we've talked about how unprecedented that that's the whole scenario of the bubble was, but. When I look at their team, I mean, I like Aiden. He's a pretty darn good offensive player. Um, needs to focus more and get better, of course. But they have some stuff in place to be successful. I um, I like them as a team. I really do. But I like the Mavericks better. I really, I, I sincerely think that they're the difference maker. Oh, by the way, thanks for um, the golf round, man. Yeah, we had. At we the should talk some golf, shouldn't we? <laughs> Why not? The Masters just left us. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, right? And it was uh, pretty amazing. I don't know how you feel about Dustin Johnson, but I love the dude. I think he's just so naturally you have gifted. That Dustin John- I, I kind of look at you like a Dustin Johnson look. Oh, with my beard going yes. over here? Yes. yes. Uh, man, I got a. He rocks it. I got a late, uh, late 1980s haircut going right now that <laughs> I got to contend good. with. I wish I could grow it. <laughs> it it's, there is something that, uh, no matter who the guy is, unless he's some big jerk, which I've never thought that about Dustin Johnson, right. but whenever a guy finally gets the proverbial monkey off his back, yeah. you feel good for that Even guy. He's won, we won the U.S. Open yeah. prior to. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Masters is. Uh, such an iconic mm-hmm. uh, tournament, and Absolutely. there's always that discussion when, okay, Dustin's going to crumble down the stretch. You know, he's yeah. not, and he just uh, that when when you do what he did, and he pretty much owned the course for yeah. an entire he weekend. Did. He certainly did. He he made it his little playground. Yeah. Uh, that puts you up in that upper stratosphere. There's no question about it. I, I, how did you how did you feel? Do you think it, it was harder to play basketball or golf without fans? Because it's oh, just, interesting. Yeah, I, I I just thought it was, I don't know if it's easier to play golf than than basketball without fans. Yeah, it just seemed like the fans being there puts a, a, an added pressure. Mm-hmm. And I might be completely wrong. I mean, it, it's just like a practice round when you don't have fans right, there, right. right? So you don't have you don't have the pressure. Okay, so so you bring up a great point. I'll tell you something that I didn't tell you mm-hmm. when we played golf the other day. Mm-hmm. So that final hole, hole eighteen. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going up a hill, and what you don't <laughs> realize is on the other side of that little patio, uh-huh. it's tinted windows. There's a bunch of people in there watching you. Oh, no, I didn't realize And that. I didn't tell you that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that. Yeah. And every time I go up there, I start thinking, all right, if I have a crappy chip here, there's going to be some yeah. dude giving me S the yeah, second yeah. that I walk in there. <laughs> That's funny. And it's that kind of thing you're talking about when you know, I mean, golf is such a unique sport because you're playing against yourself. There's mm-hmm. these other elements of people where they in the tournament, this, that, and the other. But ultimately... There's not a guy trying to stop you from getting the ball. There's not some guy you have to beat. Yeah. You have to beat yourself, and you have to beat the course. Yeah. And that other element of having all these people on top of you while you do it, that's yeah. an intense element. It's, it's intense, and I, I'm telling you, I, I just personally feel like playing sports in general is tough. Mm-hmm. You throw the element of fans there, it yeah. makes it even tougher. Even right. making shots, even at the free throw line. Right. You name it. You know, you, you know, standing over a putt. Standing, you, you, you're up by uh, 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 one, two strokes. 
at the Masters. Yeah. And you go to 16, 17, 18. Having fans there and people just going crazy, especially when Tiger was at his peak. I right. Mean, the, the crowds used to be so amazing and, and, and so outlandish, man, if you would, with noise that I just think it's a lot more difficult, man, if you uh, – if fans are there, that, that's the one thing that I can't get used to is there not being fans at football games, right? At uh, you know, at, at hockey, you name it. What, I, I what just did, think they make it makes a difference. Did you happen to see? I'm sure you've seen the replay, but I was watching it live. The end of that uh, Arizona Buffalo game, of course. So what? One of the most incredible plays I've ever seen in football, and there's just like no. Reaction outside of whoever's on the field. Right. I love Hail Murray. That's yeah, great. It was in- incredible. It's incredible, but that's the, like if you imagine that play happening in a packed stadium, what that would have been the like. The fans would have been on the field. It would have been, been no way you could hold right. it. It would have been like a college atmosphere. And so I'm seeing the most incredible play ever, and then in the background, there's some empty bleachers with people scattered in there. It's incredible. Just, it's so wild. Yeah, it, it was just really a, a that's that you bringing that up. It was that. That's what I mean, right there. I mean, Murray, bless his heart. I mean, I, I don't. This guy, I didn't. Ex- I knew he was good. Mm-hmm. I just didn't expect what he, him doing what he's doing and what he's been able to do it, as a young player in, in the NFL. He's been outstanding, man. Just dominant. There's that wild thing about the guy who never loses. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I live in Allen, so mm-hmm. you know all about. I it. know all about it. He never lost a football game, right? right? And so, and there's a cult like status, like even the way my neighbors talk about the guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, uh, you know, he wanted Oklahoma and Arizona was terrible. And he, even those games last year, they were losing, they were in those games. Yeah, and so it's like he just, he figures it out. Yeah, Whatever does. that is, that's, that's insane. That is a God given gift. I just think in, in, in the NFL right now, I just feel like seeing there's so much parody. Mm-hmm. You know, one minute you think, oh, nobody can beat Tom Brady in, the, in, the, in Tampa Bay. You look at the Steelers, they're undefeated yeah. as a team, but they don't look unbeatable no. in being undefeated. I, right. I think they could have dropped uh, some games this year. They haven't. Kansas City is always, with Patrick Mahomes, going to be that guy that, that, uh, that's going to get a lot of MVP recognition and all of that kind of stuff. But I, I like where sports is, especially the NFL, because anybody, it's really a, a any given Sunday NFL right now. Yes. I think the NBA and all the sports is just like that. And we were just talking about the fans. I think that has a lot to do with it, the fact that nobody has a home field advantage, right. so to speak. That right. plays into it. I don't think there's any doubt. I'm real curious to see what we're going to be doing on December 22nd when the season mm-hmm. kicks up again. What is it going to be 25% capacity, 30% yeah. capacity? Are, are, are leagues going to be so encouraged by a vaccine hopefully coming in four months that they yeah. push things back? Mm-hmm. You know, right now the numbers are spiking back up yeah, again. Yeah. And I'm scared. For I'm that, too. For that, that virus. Man. I'm too, I, man. I don't, I don't want to mess with there. that. Yeah, we talked about it on the golf course a couple of, uh, a week or so ago. Um, I, don't know, I just think you have to really err on the side of caution when you start talking about people's health and yes. not people put people in a, uh, in a in a goofy position as far as that's concerned. Um, I don't know. It, it, all of it is is just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different altogether. We got a new president in waiting. We do. I, I <laughs> wanted to ask you, and it's funny, man. I, I you know, 
uh, I've talked to a lot. I have a lot of different friends that are Republican and conservative and a lot of different friends that are liberal and Democrat. And I try to have as many conversations with them as I can. But one thing that I just want is I want to feel like whoever is in charge is more about the country than their own interests. Agenda. I totally and, agree with you. And, and I hadn't even thought about this until I saw it on 60 Minutes after the football game. They had a special with President Obama. Obama. Did I you saw see the it? the same thing. I absolutely did. And I hadn't realized because he's been absent for four years. Mm-hmm. And so my like assumption— most, most ex-presidents, they go away. Yes. Yeah, no and my assumption it. was that, well, he's just wanting to get away from that and yeah. separate and be with his family. No, those things matter. But re- realizing that he he did it out of respect for the office. Uh-huh. And, and that's a great point. And, you know, whatever you do or do think about the last president, uh, in my opinion, he earned— a level of con, uh, contentious disrespect by what, how he treated President Obama. He spent oh, eight years trying to prove that yes. he wasn't a U.S. citizen. Right. And so when you put out that Which sort to of— me is baffling, man. It's complete <laughs> and, uh And when you spend that much energy doing something nefarious mm-hmm. and evil, mm-hmm. then that comes back to you. Yeah. And Karma. so I hadn't really thought about it too much until I saw President Obama talk, and he said something that was so simple and so basic, and it reminded me of my dad. Mm-hmm. And what he said was he and the way that this, this post-election is going on with the transition, he is behaving in a manner in which we would not allow our kids to behave after right. Little League games. Right. It's so true. And and that if that doesn't put it in perspective. Yeah, it, put, you know, it does put it in perspective. You, you have to, like, it's very natural for a child to be selfish. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, teach me, them. Me, me, mine, right. mine, mine, yes. You have to teach them about the greater good. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but I realized Sunday night watching that just how much i missed that man's presence yeah has he has a, a, a unique presence not only for this this nationality that that's for everybody. everybody i think you really have to respect what you just said skin and, and you know what I, I i wonder more than anything going through an election that that just happened a couple of weeks ago uh, a week or so ago um and you know sitting president uh, in waiting president mm-hmm. uh, biden is waiting to uh, to be crowned. I, I I really I'm curious to what other world leaders, if you would, are thinking about America right now. Right. That's what I wonder. Right. I, I, I really do. I wonder if we'll ever can get the respect and the ownership that we had as a country. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with Trump and some of his tactics, like not congratulating Biden. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I mean, you you learned that, well, with the exception of the Pistons, right. you, you learned that in sports, yeah, in grade school, right. that regardless of what the outcome is, how it turns out, you congratulate yes. the person that you lose to. And for President Trump not to take on that and respect that, mm-hmm. to me, is it's laughable. And, and I want to I say this for, if you know, we might have some Republican conservative listeners right now that are... Yeah. Mad at the way we're representing this. And here's what I want to say. This is not about that. Right. No, it's I, not. I have a lot of respect for John McCain. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. If yes. that man had been nom- uh, had won the presidency, I would have 
been all about it, even yeah. though he and I disagree on some fundamental yeah, yeah, things because of, of the type of person that he is mm-hmm. and how he carries himself. And and we're we're never gonna have. I'm there's never gonna be a president that I 100 percent agree with on yeah. everything. None of them I, are perfect. No, so I wouldn't want that job. Hell no. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, it, it's a, it's the highest office you can have, right? Yes. It's the, it's the biggest job that you can possibly uh, have, right? Yeah. But. None of these guys are perfect. No. I loved Obama as a president because, like you said, when I think him, I think unite. Yeah. I think of a guy that's going to unite the country. Perfect? No way. No. Had some had some, some shortcomings with different things, and like you said, you don't want to get totally into all of that. None of them are perfect, but I think as a president, some of the fundamental things, man, that you're supposed to be about— Everybody's not about. Everybody's not about. Yeah, and that and that's you. You got and and Biden keeps saying this, and and no means am I excited about Biden. I'm excited about him as an option to what was there. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> I the, think you, the, you're in the norm. I think a lot of people <laughs> feel that way. And 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 look, you know, there's <laughs> 71 or two million people or whatever it is that yeah, voted, voted for, for Trump, Trump too. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have a very divided country. And so I'm very curious as to where the common ground is and working back towards that. Yeah. Uh, and and in order to do that, I think you have to have a, a respect for the country and yeah. the flag and what it's supposed to be. Man, you said the word just respect. Just respect. In general, man. Yes. That's what life is all about. Do I agree with everything you say? Do you agree with everything I say? You, We don't. We work side by side, and sometimes I respectfully disagree. Absolutely. And I'm sure there are times that you, you, you respectfully disagree with what I say. Right. And it has nothing to do with me playing 17 years or things of that nature. It's just plain old respect. Right. Is, is what is lacking in our country right now. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's the other thing, too, that, that's real crazy to me, Harp, is if you are critical of things about the country, mm-hmm. there are people that will use that against you and say, oh, well, you hate America. And you, and it's like, right. let me ask you this. Have you, <laughs> have you ever found a person, let's take politics out of it. Yeah. Have you ever found a person that was like, you know what? I'm done growing, I'm perfect, and I've never made a mistake, and I will not evaluate any of my behaviors or actions because I'm infallible. What kind of logic is that? No, man. Everybody has made mistakes, no yeah. matter how much they love I'm themselves. Still making them, man. Right. Honestly, I, and I'm so you sad have, to say, but you you evaluate your own behavior, mm-hmm. identify what you've done wrong, and make it better. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we can't evaluate and be critical of the the course of history that our country has taken mm-hmm. that is absurd nobody thinks like that mm-hmm. unless they're trying to divide and demonize and do dumb <laughs> so it's okay it just because you go hey america's got these problems mm-hmm. these poverty issues these incarceration issues yeah. acknowledging that doesn't mean we think the country sucks and yeah. there's that's that's you evaluate and improve. That's yes. what every entity does. Corporations do it. People do it. Yeah. And this idea that we can't evaluate and be critical of our own country mm-hmm. and that makes us someone that hates the country is yeah. not not true. What is that agenda? Biggest thing from the truth. Right. You know. That and is an anti-growth mindset. Yeah. And it will cause problems. And really? so we have I just want to get away from that and it's been 12, 16 years now of this mm-hmm. increasing polarization that we have got to eliminate yeah. I, and I, respect my, each and other. I, I keep asking the question, man, how do we do it? How do we get there? You know, I mean, certainly 
changing leadership in high places helps that. Mm, yep. But I, I think everybody's going to have to look themselves in the mirror, man, and make a sacrifice. You know, just you got to be willing to care. Oh, you got to care uh, uh, about it. Like I said, because I, I really feel like other world leaders are laughing mm-hmm. behind our backs right. and in our faces. Right. To be quite frank with you, so right. we'll see where it goes. Well, uh, I know that we're gonna next time we get together, we'll have some Mavs moves to talk about. Yeah. Uh, hopefully those COVID numbers start leveling off a little bit. Maybe yeah. we'll talk turkey next time. We'll talk oh, yeah. family. Do you do you guys ever do a turkey bowl? No. What is that? Uh, it's 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 a football game. A football oh, oh. pickup. Like, okay. Yeah. I actually did last <laughs> yeah, year I have to, I have uh, because we were all – I was uh, all, my whole family was together in Florida for the first time ever. Oh, nice. So we did a little five-on-five, five, yeah. uh, and it was, it was fun. Um, so you're getting out and running routes? What do you do? Are you all-time quarterback? What are you doing no, here? I'm no, I'm a quarterback. There's no question about it. I can do some receiving. But uh, my college roommate, Danny Moore, and I, we used to get about – I mean, and I'm not exaggerating, maybe about – 30 guys together. Oh, we wow. had substitutes, <laughs> you name it. You know what I mean? For when guys went down. And we used to play up at um, Shepton High School. Okay. Right on Plano, Plano? Parkway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on Plano Parkway. And when I tell you it was the best time, it was some of the best fun that I've ever had uh-huh. was on Turkey. My daughters used to come out there. Um, Moose used to play. My son used to play. Um Man, it was so much damn fun, Skin. I and bet. Afterwards, I used to always bring some little bubbly to celebrate. Okay, Shake yeah, it. It yeah, was, yeah. We got into it, yeah. Man. And it was it was so much fun, you know, just being out there playing. And I, I the only problem with it is when you go out there on, on Thanksgiving Day, mm-hmm. you use some muscle <laughs> that you hadn't used in so fucking long since yeah. until I, you go back home and you can't you can't walk. Right. If you Friday know, you talk is to brutal. guys the next day, they're yeah. like, were you sore? Man? <laughs> Just like, Shit. That's an understatement <laughs> for what I was, man, but, but crazy fun. So I always look forward to uh, to Thanksgiving because of that. So I do too, man. Happy I, early I, Thanksgiving too. I like uh, – happy early Thanksgiving to you too. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. Yeah, no question about it's it. It's the I family mean, holiday. Yeah, it brings you, it brings people together. I love Christmas. It's Christ's yep. birthday, and yep. that's what you're supposed to celebrate. But I, I, I would concur with you that Thanksgiving is my uh, is my favorite my favorite day. And we're talking everything. We got it all. In open run. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, shout out to our uh, Mav listening family. Shout out to our Mav basketball family. Shout out to your family. I appreciate that. Yours as well. And uh, we'll get this going here in a week or so. Yeah, sounds good, brother.